Three, two, one. Let's do it. What is going on, everybody? What is happening? Welcome back to the Ref News Podcast. My name is Paul Dehart, and I am your host each and every episode um, right here. So um, things are getting pretty crazy out there. Um, COVID is taking over the globe, and um, <clears throat> we are on the verge of everybody being infected. I might be infected right now, <laughs> like legit. So um, my my advice to everybody would be stay safe, wear a mask, um, do, do your part. You know, we, uh, you know, wearing a mask can help a lot. And uh, at least that's what we're being told. So uh, wear your masks and uh, hopefully we can all kind of kick this thing. But um, let's get right into it. Speaking of COVID, um, let's see here. ABC. Or, so, so for those that don't know, I am, I am sitting right now in Des Moines, Iowa. So that is where the ref news show is originating from. And so I am going to, uh, I'm going to talk through a couple Iowa specific things first, and then we'll get into the good stuff. So, um, NBC news, Iowa governor Kim Reynolds issues, issues mask mandate after disparaging it, disparaging it as feel good measure. So they're taking what she said back in March when nobody really knew, when when Fauci and all these other people were, were coming out saying, oh, uh, you don't really need to wear a mask. Pelosi's going to a, to a beauty salon in, in, with no mask and is confused. Um, you know, it just, it just, you can tell that they're, they're holding her to the fire on that one statement and also not giving the, um, not accepting the possibility that, oh my goodness, could she have changed her mind? Oh my word. Um, Reynolds, a Republican, issued the, the state's first mass mandate after months of disparaging coronavirus restrictions as feel-good measures. Um, well, listen. The thing about them being feel-good measures is it's not – listen, you, you say a mask mandate, and then you go outside, and there's a bunch of mother, bunch of people not wearing masks. So it's like, it's like you can't control people, and just by saying that, oh, mask mandate – you know, do, do we want the cops to spend all their time or do, who who is going to enforce that? Is it going to be the police? Because then they're going to miss out on all, a whole bunch of other litany of issues. Um, you know, who's going to, who, you know, who's, who's going to be the one that goes around and says, put on your mask, put on your mask, put on your mask. It just, sometimes it just is like that kind of thing the the logistical aspects yeah would it be nice to have a mass mandate have it fully enforceable all that absolutely 100% it would but um sometimes it's just a logistical thing of like how do you control all of these people who and it, if you've seen anything out of Iowa you know that these people do not want to wear masks and they do not want to drive through drive through rural Iowa and and see if um just it, I mean, it's Trump country, like that, and and Trump's kind of eh on the mask. So these people are going to be kind of eh on the mask. So uh, that is one. It just, it's just so funny how when 
when people are on the the side of the media, so in this case NBC, when when they're on NBC's side and they're um, you know they, they're a liberal and and all that, the, the, this headline would be very different, and it wouldn't say after disparaging it as feel good measure. It's like. You know, you're taking it. This is a classic political, but you said, but you said, but you said back in, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, hey, listen, she she might have said that, but we also, none of us knew in March what we know now. And it just is like, okay. So, so that's one thing. Then we come over here to, um, CNN reporting, this was all over the place, but CNN reporting um, GOP Senator Chuck Grassley of Iowa test positive for COVID-19. I think we should probably prepare for... Let's see. I've tested positive for coronavirus. I'll be following my doctor's orders, CDC guidelines, and continue to quarantine. I'm feeling good and will keep up on my work of the people work for the people of Iowa from home. I appreciate everyone's well wishes and prayers and look forward to resuming my normal schedule soon. So, um, Grassley as president pro tempore is the most senior Republican in the chamber, putting him in the presidential line of succession. Wonderful. So, um, basically all this is saying is, um, is uh, people are testing positive. People are testing positive. And listen, this isn't like groundbreaking news. I, I don't like this idea that everybody who tests positive makes the news. Because it's like, if you, got a, if, you, if you just got the flu, would you make the news? No. But because it's COVID and it's politicized and it's, you know, they, they, they want to make a point. Um, it... You know, it just is what it is, and and they do this stuff to, you know, who knows what their what their motives are to do this, but it just is is like I said, is what it is. So that is kind of the the COVID wrap up for uh, for this episode. Now let's get into um, let's get into politics. So. Article from Fox News published 19 hours ago. Progressive group slams two of Biden's White House appointees as corporate-friendly insiders. Justice Democrats called the appointments unacceptable. It's funny that these are the same people who two months ago were telling everybody that if you don't vote for Joe Biden, you know, you're, you're a regressive you know, you're not a progressive. You're a re- you're regressed. So it's like, it's like, every I, I don't know. I feel like there was this big thing of like of like, oh, he's this progressive president. We need we need a Democrat in there because that will just solve everything. It's like, well, if you look at if you look at the history of what he's done up until this point, um, and then and then look at probably what he's going to do in this is in this uh, administration is be a slave to corporatism it be a um <coughs> um be a 
listen, he's bought and paid for. That's pretty much what that's saying is he's got like people from Google, people from Facebook on his, on his cabinet and in his inner circle. And it's like, yeah, that, I mean, I, I guess I don't know what people expected because politics is a dirty game and there's always money. There's always lobbyists. And you know, it just, I guess, what, what are we surprised about? That's my question. You know, Biden's putting all these corporate people on his on his cabinet. Yeah, because you, you know who they govern for? The corporate people. So you might want to have a couple of those in um, in the actual administration. So, you know, and, and AOC and her crew, uh, you know, of course they're going to come out and say that, uh, you know, it. what was that? Uh, progressive group slams... Biden's White House appointees. So let me see if AOC has a quote on here. Justice Democrats Executive Director Alexandra Rojas blasted Biden's appointments of Richmond. Um, oh, wait, what? A senior advisor in the White House of Public Engagement and of Ricchetti as counselor to the president, claiming that they were corporate friendly insiders. Pretty much says it all right there. So, um, you know, AOC and and her whole crew is, you know, they may come out and say, oh, this is, you know, this cabinet is unacceptable, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, they are going to go along with what the Democratic agenda is because that's what their role is. They're not there to stir the pot. They're there to fall in line. And what they're attempting to do is move the line. Where's the line? But... They're not there to buck the system. The quicker you learn that, the quicker it is just, it will be a, um, you can kind of not get so worked up about all this politics stuff. Because listen, this is all a game, right? It's all just a, a game of, um, it's all just a game of, you know, what people, eh, listen, okay, that actually leads me to uh, this next article. Again, from Fox News, BLM co-founder sends message to Biden. We want something for our vote. And then the, the, the secondary quote there is, black people won this election. Black, black Lives Matter co-founder Patrice Cullors says, hey, Patrice, you ain't getting shit for your vote. I'm just here to tell you that right now. Because Joe Biden... Had has your vote already. He's in office, so now you got the bait. Now it's time for the switch, right? So now is like I was saying earlier, is time to govern for who they're really governing for, and that's for the corporate people, right? They're governing for the one percent, and whether they're Democrats, Republicans, doesn't matter. They're all doing it. Any of these, any of these candidates who are receiving money from any of these big corporations. They do not, I mean, it, it just is, it, it baffles me how many people just can blow that aside and say, well, you know, th- they're looking out for the people. It's like, no, they're not. They're not looking out for the people. They're not looking out for, they're looking out for their pockets and they're looking out for their friends, right? So, um, without the resounding support of black people, we would be very saddled with a different electoral outcome. In short, black people won this election. 
Colors plan, color plans to hold Biden's feet to the fire, saying that black people, quote, want to be heard and our agenda to be prioritized. Ain't going to happen. I'm sorry if that is uh, shocking to you, but I'm not saying anything that is that is crazy. Look at what they've always done. The, the left is notorious for if you're black, vote for me. And if you're not black and, and if you vote for someone else, you're racist or you know whatever like the left is notorious for that so it's great that that you know joe biden and kamala harris were able to kind of rally everybody around them but let's not let's not make this more than it is now that they have your vote which is 100 percent transactional to them they do not care about anything beyond that right so um, good luck. That, that'd be my, that'd be my uh, advice on that one. So now let's go to, you know, U.S. announces further drawdown of troops in Afghanistan and Iraq before Biden takes office. So This is actually going to end up being something that is is a plus for Trump. So it acting Secretary of Defense Chris Miller announced Tuesday that the US will be withdrawing thousands more troops from Afghanistan and Iraq by January 15th, just days before President elect Joe Biden takes office. Miller said the withdrawal, which will leave approximately 2,500 troops in Afghanistan and roughly the same number in Iraq, does not equate change to U.S. policies or objectives, and but provides no details about the plan and refused to answer questions following Tuesday's appearance from the Pentagon. So basically, they're cutting the troops in half, and uh, this is Trump's kind of last appeal to people. So that uh, my guess is so that when he runs again in 2024. He can he can go and say, well, look what I look what I did at the very end. I, I brought troops home and all this stuff. And guess what? Joe Biden is going to go put those troops right back where he found them, because um, because war is money. If you've ever seen any, go watch um, go watch the movie Vice, and you can see how the, the military industrial complex is real real and um and you know it just is it's one of those things like do we think uh, under obama wars went up we had more wars so this idea that joe biden is this anti-war candidate absolutely not and his administration is not going to be anti-war so you know there's troops coming home now but Let's see how long that lasts. NATO chief warns against premature withdrawal from Iraq. So you're saying that somebody within the government, which is notoriously pro-war, is criticizing withdrawal from Afghanistan, which, by the way, we've been there for 19 years. We've been there since 2001, and how has it taken this long? I mean, I guess I, I don't know, but it just is like, of course, people within the government, people like this are going to 
um, not be happy that we're withdrawing troops from Iraq and Afghanistan because, quite frankly, they want to keep all of the troops there. They want to keep everybody um, at war. They they want to keep making money off of this. And I think people would be shocked at how many people within the government are actually war profiteers. I just think that I I don't think people really understand how all of that works. Oh, here is an here's an article from from not a journalist Jake Tapper. Oh, excuse me. So Basically, he's just saying that within the government, everybody is freaking out about this. And, and they would be because they are looking to stay at war. They want, they want us to um, continue to be at war. So, again, it's a, these people who we elect and we think that they're looking out for us are not looking out for us. And they never have been. They never will be. Okay, here's a great article from MSNBC. Trump's next move might be even more dangerous than his presidency. Trump's term is ending, but the fight against the extremism he stirred up is far from over. So, one of the things I've been doing recently is going back and watching some of the... um, some of the 2016 debates with Trump and the Republicans and Trump and Hillary really, but, um, and, and listen, I was not a Trump supporter and, and I, I didn't, I'd never voted for him. Um, but what he did in the Republican party is he basically went in there, set everybody on fire, said, you're all corrupt and uh, you're all you all want to take us to war. You you know you basically just went in and called them all out, and then and because he called them all out and basically set them all ablaze, he won. So um, that is pretty much what Trump did. And if you go back and listen to what he was actually saying um, on a lot of stuff, I, listen, we'll, we'll leave the we'll leave the the stuff where he. A lot of people make a big deal about what he did say or what he did not say or whatever. I don't want to make a big deal about that. I'm looking at, okay, what are the policies that he's going to put in place? And, you know, if you go back and watch, and, and I, uh, politics is a, is a, it's an interesting game, right? And it's a game that is almost best, oh, my bad. Uh, it's, it's almost a game that's best looked at in hindsight. And because uh, with hindsight, you really get a sense of like, the gravity of some of this stuff. So like with Trump, it's like when you look back at, um, if you look back at 2016 and, um, what, what Trump was actually saying, I don't think it was super, super 
radical. I think the media took it, spun it up, and and made it that way. But I, I think if you actually look at what he was saying and, and judge for yourself and, and take out just the, I hate Trump, I hate Trump, so anything he says is, is stupid or whatever whatever the thing is, right? Like, everybody's got their thing. But um, and, and listen, Trump has not done a great job with COVID. He's not done a great job with a lot of stuff. But um, he... But if you go back and look at what he was saying, I don't think that it was super um, radical, what he was saying. I think, I think a lot of that is a media creation. I think a lot of it is taking what he said and then, and then making it hyperbole and making it all of that stuff. So, and, and Trump talks a lot in hyperbole, so it's easy to do. Okay, those among, amongst Trump's base who align with extremist hate-based groups like the Proud Boys and violent militias seem to be a part of the cult of personality rather than any kind of political belief system. So is that the same as Antifa? Is that the same as these people in Portland who have basically created their own little shitty country? Like, like that's what I don't like. Is it, When you get MSNBC, they only so- cite the Proud Boys and violent militias but they don't talk about Antifa. Or they don't talk about, um, hell, even agent provocateurs. Like, they don't talk about any of this stuff. So it's like MSNBC is bought and paid for 100%. So if you use them as a news source, just know you're not getting the news. You're getting what they want you to think is the news. So, and I mean, that goes for CNN. That goes for Fox News. That goes for all of these. Like, it just is... It's so silly, like like it's and it's so transparent what um what they're actually doing. Okay, another NBC news. Biden hopes to avoid divisive Trump investigations, perverting unity. Biden has told aides that he's concerned that investigations would divide the country, but that he would leave decisions up to an independent Justice Department. Listen, and then there's a picture where he looks about a thousand years old. Biden has about two weeks um, in office. He's got, he's got about a he's got about ten days, ten working ten business days in office, and then he is going to croak, and we're going to have uh, President Kamala Harris. And I posted on the Ref News Instagram last night. I said, um, I said, we all need to hashtag accept the election and accept that this is our president. And it was the video of, it was this video. Oh, we're getting there. We did it. We did it, Joe. You're going to be the next president of the United States. (laughs) Okay. My first problem with her is that if if anybody was on the phone with me and they started talking like that and patronizing me like a child, I'd be like, "What's your deal? Like, like what, what what's your point here? Like, what what are you trying to do?" But um, but yeah, so that's our president, and uh, just if you look at uh, she gets done saying you're going to be the next president of the United States, and then she starts laughing like an evil dictator, and that's probably not far off. It's probably not far off. You look at look at what she did as a prosecutor. Look at what she did as um, as a senator. I mean, just it doesn't take a genius to figure this stuff out. Um, so here's here's a good clip that uh, Tim Dillon, who is probably a better journalist than ninety five percent of the people on CNN, 
here's a great clip that he was that he did, and uh, yeah, let's listen to it. Kamala Harris was hardened political campaigner. She's won races. Yes, she's going to put you in jail. Yes, you're going to jail. <laughs> I don't know why that shocks you. Someone's putting you in jail. <laughs> all right. So hope hope we're all keeping our seats warm in the clink. But no, for real. Kamala Harris is a uh, hard-nosed prosecutor. Yeah, I mean, like, wanted to jail people for truancy. Jail parents for truancy. I mean, I don't know if that's just looking for an excuse to throw people in the clink, but it, it's not far off, right? Like, it's not far off. Um, also, one thing that, that I don't think is really being preached is... Um, or, or really being talked about is why is Biden doing this unity message? Why is that the thing? It is listen, have you ever had somebody who who um, tries so hard to convince you of something, tries so hard that oh this is the best, this is the best, this is the best, and then it's like it's obviously not the best, but because they tried so hard to get you to believe, you almost go in predisposed to not want that. So Biden is, is sitting here going, oh, we need unity. We need unity. But the thing that they leave out of all these headlines is what they're really doing is they're really going, we need unity. And it's their fault. They're pointing across the aisle and they go, it's their fault that, it, that we don't have it. It's their fault that things are divided. It's not our fault. We're doing everything perfect. It's their fault. That. I mean, pretty much that's politics in a nutshell is like, here's the problem and here's whose fault it is. And I'm the savior here to um, fix it. Like, like with Biden, it almost, I remember in the lead up to the election, I was just eh, like, I voted for Biden, number one. So let's get that out of the, out of the way right now. I voted for Joe Biden. And when, when I, I think I talked about this on the first episode, but when I got done voting, I was walking, I was like, I got bamboozled i got duped because then i came back and i started actually i mean good timing right do research after the election but i started doing research and i'm like oh this is gonna suck and um and it, it almost reminds me of like i don't know if you guys have seen uh the purge election year <laughs> kind of reminded me of that where it's like you you have this this old man, gray hair, like typical. Like if you drew a picture of a Republican, you would draw you would draw Joe Biden, right? Like older guy, you know, upper like definitely up one percent, like part of the one percent, and uh, wears nice suits and all that. Like Jimmy Dore talks about this a lot, where he's like he's like they're all they're all Republicans. <laughs> this this game of Democrat versus Republican is all a joke. I mean, except for like. I, I really do believe that like Tulsi Gabbard up upholds the democratic principles, but um, but it just is like yeah I I I I'll never forget that feeling of just being duped like after the election just like ah oh, they got me because oh, because I knew that it was just a media thing I knew it was just a you know media and and momentum thing right like. Um, everybody was saying, oh, you got to vote for Biden, you got to vote for Biden. And it's like, well, I don't know. I Now I'm kind of wishing, like, I, I'm like, man, maybe I should have voted for Trump, but like that. And, and not for anything. Listen, I said this on the last episode. Biden uses better words, 
right? He uses nicer words. He uses better speech. So, of course, he's going to get it, right? He he appeals to people in a better way. But um, so Biden hopes to avoid Trump investigations. So Biden wants, let's see, where's that at? A third Biden advisor said that when it comes to any Trump-related investigations, the, the expectation is it's going to be very situational and depending on the merits. Broadly, Biden's priorities will be the economy, the coronavirus, climate change, and race relations, not looking back at the Trump administration, an advisor said. Presidents generally set the tone for what issues they believe should be priorities for the Justice Department, and questions about Trump-related investigations are expected to intensify as Biden gets closer to taking office. Biden has said that he wouldn't pardon Trump should that become a realistic question. Fast forward six months, and we're going to see a on the deathbed Joe Biden coming out and saying, "I am I am giving a full free." He's gonna he's gonna be Gerald Ford out there giving a full free and clear pardon of Joe, of of Donald Trump, and yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be it. So, um. So last article I have here is um, is just an absurd one, which is P- Pennsylvania governor announces new COVID rules, including wearing a mask in your house. In your house. Great. So basically never take the mask off, never do anything. Um, masks now required anytime you're with people outside of your household. Oh, Oh, if you have see this is where it's like like Fox News posted this. So PA Gov announces new COVID guidelines. Let's see here. I wanna see is Democratic Governor Tim Tom Wolf. So of course, of course they're making this worse than it is. Basically, all they're saying is applies to all indoor facilities, plus if you have people in your home not part of your household. So basically, they're just saying mask up when you're around people, which that's not bad, right? Like that, you know, that makes sense. But the way that they wrote this headline is, you know, makes it seem like if you, whether you're just sitting on the couch or whether you're uh, having people over, you got to be wearing that mask inside your house at all times. That's what it um that's what it uh, makes it sound like. But uh, that will be all that I have for this episode of the Ref News Podcast. Again, I'm just going to do this every week. Nope. Um, I'm just going to do this every three times a week in the mornings. And uh, my, I'm, I'm getting up at 6 and just doing the podcast right off the bat. That way I don't procrastinate or anything like that. So, uh, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to get, I'm going to get articles together and just kind of go through them and riff on them like I did today. So, um, I hope that you guys found this entertaining. I hope that you found it informative. I hope that, um, all of that stuff. So, uh, like I said, my name is Paul Dehar and I will be your host each and every episode right here on the Ref News podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Um, Follow, follow me on Instagram at ref, R-E-F underscore news. So there I'll be posting stories. I'll be posting stuff like that. So um, if you have any interest in any of this stuff, um, 
give me a follow over there. I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. Um, I will talk to everybody in a couple days on the next episode. So uh, see you later, everybody.